Welcome to the Gone Boss Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Howell. And I'm your host, Angie Rogers-Howell. What is the Gone Boss Podcast? Well, it's a weekly podcast featuring awesome people in our community. We'll interview them, find out what makes them tick, the cool things they're doing to make our community a great place to live and work, and how they've gone boss. This week, we're brought to you by our premier sponsor, Schaefer Leadership Academy. Learn more at SchaeferLeadership.com. If you have a comment about the show or something you want to share with us, call or text 765-233-2640. That's 765-233-2640. We might just use it on the show. Who do we have on the show today? Today, we have Jessica Shrout from Circle 3 Branding. We're supported today by our premier sponsor, Schaefer Leadership Academy. Learn more at SchaeferLeadership.com. What they have coming up? A two-part virtual workshop. Another two-parter. Two-parter. Virtual workshop on your computer. Two days. Two days. Lots of learning and good things to, to learn. All right. What is it? It is legacy leadership. In today's competitive market, it's imperative for an organization to have strong leadership for today, but even more important to have a culture that will transform the next generation of leaders. Strong leaders are able to project a vision their teams understand and strive to follow. What is the definition of legacy leadership and how do you know when it exists? Oh, you don't know what the definition is? Oh, I think you're going to learn it in this in this class, in t- the two-part workshop. You're also going to learn to understand the difference between management and leadership. Understand the difference between operational, tactical, and strategic leadership. Learn a basic understanding of the DISC profile and the definition of each style. I love the DISC profile. I do love the DISC profile. Those too. other ones are just hard and uh, complicated. complicated. Yeah. I know. The disc. disc is just four letters. Well, it's easy to remember. I know. <laughs> this is presented by Daryl Warren. He meets professionals where they are now to reveal and strengthen leadership characteristics to deliver significant results. So when's this going to take place again? It will be on Wednesday, October 27th, and Thursday, October 28th, from 2 to 3.30 p.m. each day. Learn more at SchaeferLeadership.com. Today in the studio, we have Jessica Shrout, owner of Circle 3 Branding. Welcome. Hi, thank you. It's wonderful to be here with you. No problem. Well, tell us a little bit about yourself. I don't think you're a Munsonian. No, I'm not. I'm actually Munsonian by choice. Okay. Ooh. Yeah. Special people. I chose to be here. <laughs> people think I'm crazy, but um, I was born in Virginia and spent most of my childhood in Maryland, Western Maryland. So I'm from like Appalachian Mountains. Okay. It's very flat out here, but I'm getting used to it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then my husband and I, he his job brought him out here. We actually had three choices. It was somewhere in Texas, Philadelphia, or Muncie, Indiana. And we researched and I was like, you know what? This sounds good. So we just identified that Muncie was a place that was kind of coming back and there was a lot of industry trying really hard out here so that's what we decided all right to come out yeah well good we're glad you did you made that choice to come here well thank you absolutely yeah we like it here well good how long have you been here Mm, since December of 2013. Okay. We actually came out when the polar vortex was happening. Oh, yeah. Which was like the most snow I had seen in my life. And I was like, oh, my gosh, what did we get ourselves into? But we survived. Well, that's good. We had Audia in November, and then the polar (gasps) vortex happened. And we were like snowed in and stuck in our house with a newborn. And it, oh, my gosh. (laughs) And our other kids whose school was canceled for like a month. And it was. So everybody got real close. We all got real close, real fast. (laughs) Gosh. <laughs> well, tell me about Circle 3 branding. What is that? 
Sure. So it's a marketing agency, and that entails communication, sales strategy, all the things that kind of fall under the marketing purview. And it's dedicated primarily to the waste and recycling industry. We do have some clients from other industries that have kind of come to us by word of mouth and um, friendships through colleagues and things like that, but primarily waste and recycling. Okay. So what made you decide to focus on that? It's kind of what I grew up in, actually. Okay. Um, I started out, my first job was working for a beer distributor, which everybody thinks is like the dream job, but um, I don't drink beer, so. (laughs) You are the second person that has worked for a distributor that That doesn't doesn't drink drink beer. beer. Like, that's such a waste. (laughs) It really was. I was not in the right place. Now, had it been like a liquor distributor or a wine distributor, I would have been all in. But I had to kind of go, and and it was an Anheuser-Busch distributor, so I would go to the bars and open beers for the clients and try to get them to try new stuff, and I was just not enjoying that like Bud Light girl life. Like it it was not working for me. So I started trying to pull back from the sales side and force my way onto marketing because I thought, you know, that's fun. That's artistic and creative. And um, I got an opportunity that I couldn't turn down doing marketing for another company. So I did that for a while. And then we relocated out here. And my husband told me to, you know, take a few months off, get us settled and figure out something. And like the first month I was out here, I saw a job listing for a company that manufactures garbage trucks. And it was one of those moments where I was like, oh no, I should not apply to this because I know if I apply, I'm gonna get it. And then I'm gonna have to work in like the waste industry and who would choose that? Long story short, that's exactly what happened. And um, I just really liked it actually. Um, the I liked working with the clients specifically. They have this combination of like hardworking, salt of the earth people as well as people who are really concerned about the environment and technology and the implementation of it. So on one side, the industry can be kind of old fashioned. And then on the other side, they can be really high tech. So it's just this broad spectrum of people. And I really enjoyed that. So when the time came for me to go out on my own, the idea came about of like, I should just keep doing that and serve this need because there really isn't anyone else who focuses specifically on that industry. And you've been to trade shows, you've been keynote speaker at uh, events and different things like that? I have, yeah. I got really into the trade shows. My former boss at that garbage truck company, he kind of raised me on how to do trade shows. Like, I mean, he's the master at setting them up, managing all the behind the scenes stuff. And um, I started working with him kind of as a one-off client of mine. And I was doing it more and more, helping other people set up their trade show exhibits, things like that. And then I was like, you know what? I should start attending the speaking events and just kind of see what it's like. And I realized that marketing was never really represented. So I started pitching myself. I didn't expect it to be this, uh, I don't know, successful or um, for them to have such a warm reception towards me. But I think it's the the fact that nobody else is really speaking about marketing and communication. So it was like wide open for the taking. And so I thought, well, you know, you have to be gutsy enough to try it because no one's going to know that I exist unless I start talking about it. So that's what I did. I started pitching. And with my first year of doing it, I got asked to come to Canada to speak at their Waste Expo. I got asked to come to Iowa. I didn't even apply for that one in the beginning. They found me because I had started writing articles. So it was just like it, it snowballed from there. Very cool. Perfect. I love that. And like promoting yourself and pitching yourself. I think as sometimes as women, we we just wait for things to come or we're like, I don't want to toot my own horn or whatever. But like mm-hmm. if you don't do it, 
no one else is going to do it for you. So I really, I appreciate that. Yeah. It's really kind of getting over the embarrassment or the modesty that Mm -hmm. we're kind of trained to have and realize that literally no one else out there cares about you and not in a negative way, like nobody cares about you, but more in a, everyone's worried about their own stuff and doing their own thing. Mm -hmm. So you need to be the one to kind of stand up and talk out for yourself. Now you're getting ready for a big change, I believe, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So low background, no kids or anything like that right now, Mm -hmm. but they're coming. Yes. Yes. We are adopting from Colombia and we're looking at, you know, by the time this comes out, it may be something completely different. So I say this tentatively, we're looking at a sibling set of four that we want to bring home. So you're going to go from zero to four. Yes. Yeah. Okay. We, my husband and I have a tendency to dive into the deep end, you know, like, <laughs> well, I mean, let's just do it. You might as well do it. Yeah. Okay. Well, how is that? Um, cause I know international adoption is like a huge, there are a lot of hoops to jump through. So I'm, how's that been for you? Yeah, there are so many hoops to jump through and your agency has specific requests that differ from the people who are doing your home study. And that differs from the documents that Columbia needs So my reading, I've discovered that people kind of call adoption a paper pregnancy Mm -hmm. because it lasts pretty much as long as, if not longer, and in our case, longer than the traditional uh, biological pregnancy. Mm -hmm. But it is a long wait. Lots of things that kind of move on government time. Mm. And Colombian government time is different from the United States government time. So it's it's a lengthy process. (laughs) Now, did you tell me you have like a, a giant binder of all the paperwork and all the stuff? I do. It's like inches deep. Inches. <laughs> of applications, documents. Every document has to go to the um, the capital of your state to be certified because the Colombian government has no recognition of what this the 50 states mean. So everything kind of has to be at a the highest level of your state and the national level for them to like believe it's a real document, which I, I don't know the okay. significance of that. But like... <laughs> My husband and I have lived in multiple states. You know, I was born in Virginia. We got married in Pennsylvania. He's lived in Arizona and Washington and California as well. So every last scrap of evidence from our entire lives has to be assembled. So all of those documents, (laughs) all of those background checks. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's just so, so much. So the the binder grew like really fast. Okay. And I've seen you've documented uh, some of your, you know, the the journey you've been on, on social media and all that to Mm kind of help other people know like what you're going through and what they can expect if they do international adoption and and those kinds of things. So yeah, there really aren't a lot of resources for families that are adopting internationally and older children Mm -hmm. because most people kind of go after an infant Mm -hmm. or try to find the youngest they can. So I wanted to make it really realistic of what it actually looks like and why the, well, you should just adopt is a little bit of a, I don't know, a blow if you're in a sensitive situation, which I'm not really delicate about the whole thing, but I know how people can be. So I want to say this is what it means when you say just adopt. Right. It means inches of paperwork and months of trying to figure things out and roadblock after roadblock. And I wanted to make sure that since we won't have the baby photos of our kids and years of documentation, I wanted them to have some sort of like looking back, this is what it took to get me here in case they want to see it or, you know, have it part of their story. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Now you have... Uh, a few other hobbies that I've seen on social media. <laughs> so one of those hobbies is uh, beekeeping. So mm-hmm. you and your husband uh, have have a set of bees. Bees. Yeah, a set of bees. A set of bees. <laughs> a, set of bees. a hive or, or hive. That's what I was looking for. Bees. That that was the word. So 
And and you just told us before we came in here and recorded the podcast mm-hmm. that you secured 50 gallons of honey this yeah. past session. Mm-hmm. Honey session. Honey session. <laughs> you live on a farm, husband. You are a farm person. I figured you would know this. I just think that's amazing. Fifty gallons from yeah. I, and now, how, I ma- think how that's many? How many bees or how many, uh, how many boxes? <laughs> well, we haven't counted them individually. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty hard to do. Yes. Yeah. Um, we have about eighteen hives. Okay. And hive size can vary twenty thousand to I don't know fifty thousand or more bees per hive. Okay. So, so it's you, a lot. You of got bees. a lot of bees. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and at this time of year, they're kind of shrinking down. Mm-hmm. They actually, um, and this is you know an interesting moment for feminism, they actually kick all the male bees out of the hive for the winter oh. because they eat too much and they provide no value. So do they just go off to die? Yeah, or? they. Can, you can literally stand there and watch them like hustling them out. <laughs> interesting. I didn't know that. Some of the workers, which are all females, mm-hmm. stand at the entrance to the hive and they drag them out, kick them off the front porch, and then they stand there and Don't prevent them, them from in. coming back in. Yeah. And, and so they just go off. The males and... just go off to die somewhere. Okay. And then when they want more males in the springtime for breeding, they make them and the cycle repeats. I love that. I think it's a. <laughs> yeah. So the ladies no. spend the winter. No lessons up. learned here. <laughs> <laughs> so the ladies spend the winter huddled up with the queen in the center of a ball and they are rotating. They keep her warm and they feed each other. They just sort of roll through the hive and um, try to survive. And that's it. So when's honey making season then? Is that like uh, July, August or when? Yeah. So you want to get the honey supers, which are the boxes that contain the honey. You want to get that off before you see, I think it's goldenrod because that makes really, really stinky honey. Ah. Oh, okay. It's useful, but it doesn't taste great. So right now I go to my hives and they actually stink. Because they smell like that goldenrod honey. It's not like a foul smell. It's not like they've got any It's just issues. different. It's, it's just different. Yeah, it's tell. just really strong and acrid. Oh, okay. So, yeah, late July, early August is when we pull off and extract the honey. And then let them fill everything back up with, you know, whatever they want. That way they've got plenty to get through the winter. And I have also seen another hobby of yours, uh, your wine cellar that you've built. <laughs> yeah. Now, is that yours or is that uh, your husband's? Oh, this is controversial. <laughs> <laughs> so shared, but um, he he pretty much did the design. We were We got this house and the couple who owned it before us were downsizing. So we're like, that's great. Plenty of room. You know, the upstairs has room for kids. We'll fill that someday. They're coming. They're coming. (laughs) Um, And then the entire basement was left unfinished. And my husband, he's just so extra. And that's kind of my personality, too, that it was like, well, why would we put, like, normal people stuff down here when we could just build whatever? Why why put a man cave or or a game room or anything down there? Let's build a winery. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, it gets worse. (laughs) And luckily, he's a contractor because I could never afford to be this extra if I had to, like, pay somebody to do it. (laughs) So we put in – it was, like, this really large family room. We turned that into an art gallery because we're like, why not? Let's start collecting art because normal people say that. (laughs) And then a wine cellar – what – what started that is the upstairs breakfast nook has that curved Mm -hmm. wall. Well, whatever's upstairs has to be downstairs to match the shape. So we were walking through, and I'm not going to say which one of us had this idea because 
I don't have the facts straight in my head. And <laughs> he will be so disappointed if I get it wrong. One of us said, wow, wouldn't that look cool with some wine racks? And that started that. Then we put in a library, my office, because I had to move out of the kids' rooms eventually, and a guest room with a bathroom and actually a dry sauna. Holy wow. cow. There's yeah, a whole yeah. house down there. It just got, yeah. It, <laughs> It just got out of control because we see something and we're like, well, what if, what if we did this or what if we tried it that way? And then next thing you know, there's like years long projects. So. All right. Wine cellar. Yeah. Perfect. That I mean, does anybody yummy, get into wine? Right? It's delicious, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah um, it's something that we like to drink. Um, and we honestly, I don't think we drink enough to justify the wine cellar, but it's a cool place and it's a cool hangout. You can have people over like me and I'll be happy to drink your wine. We would love that, actually. We definitely want... The whole idea was build the wine cellar and we will make friends locally and kind of have this place to entertain and socialize. And then right when it was done, COVID happened. Yeah. Oops. So, yeah, and COVID is still happening. So we're trying to like get to the point where people feel comfortable coming over and, you know, having a drink. Okay. Very cool. Any mm-hmm. other hobbies? I mean, I think that we don't know about keep you pretty busy. <laughs> no, right? I, I honestly think that's enough. <laughs> <laughs> I grew up doing theater. Oh, okay. so there was that, but um, have since retired. But yeah, perfect. Mostly now it's just surviving <laughs> <laughs> and making sure the bees survive and yeah. all of that. Yep, yep, yep. And the dogs. Oh, yeah. Oh, the dogs. Yes, Let's talk about, about the dogs. dogs. Oh, gosh, the dogs. They're amazing. <laughs> they're so pretty. I love them. They yeah. And they're models, aren't they? They are. They got a gig. Yeah. Well, I mean, I already said my husband and I are kind of extra, and it made sense that we chose a breed that also has that sort of, I don't know, mentality. They and are posh. Let's just say it. They, they are. They are posh <laughs> like, dogs. People ask, like, what do they do? The breed is supposed to be a gun dog, so they're supposed to be, like, hunting dogs. And our girl is kind of rugged and enjoys being outside and getting covered in briars and things like that. But our boy is very much like the the fireplace, like, lounge in front of it, <laughs> just adore me while I roast in front of the fire. Through the dog community locally found somebody put out a request for dogs to be models and it was midwest metals they Mm -hmm. make dog crates and this was like a year ago i think that i sent in their information they were looking for a specific size and they'd even mentioned i think that irish setters would be good for it and i was like well what are the odds so i sent them photos of the dogs and kind of like their credentials (laughs) 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 kind of like to demonstrate like they're good dogs they're not gonna like cause a mess or be a problem and didn't hear anything so i was like okay all right whatever and then out of the blue she called and was like, can you be here tomorrow? We had a problem with the oh, dog wow. that we chose. Oh. And that had been like a month since their last bath. They were just looking so <laughs> horrible. <laughs> like we got to get you into model shape. Yeah. Well, and I have so many Irish that are friends that show them. And I have one friend who his dog actually modeled for Ralph Lauren. Wow. Yeah. See, so these I'm are like, posh dogs. They yeah. are. They are. Let's be real. And I was like, I cannot share these pictures ever if these dogs aren't looking great because all of my Irish setter friends will be like, what were you thinking? (laughs) So we did like a mad 24 hours of grooming and trimming and brushing and trying to like flatten them out. And they did a great job. It worked, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. It was an excellent photographer. (laughs) (laughs) He is. I know he is. That and enough squeaky balls and cheese. Everybody was doing okay well good well and i know midwest pedal midwest 
metals <laughs> i know they do i mean they take pictures and do cages for all kinds of animals so like they've done like lizards and guinea pigs and yeah. all kinds of things so it's just interesting i you saw that think about that yeah we were walking around the facility and i saw like little like pocket pet crates and cages for rabbits and things like that and i was like oh i had no idea so tell me that's something on your bucket list more travel okay definitely more travel um i got to do some in my teenage years and um I just always have a curiosity of like what what's going on down there like for example I got my scuba diving certification not because I love the ocean or because I love to swim or anything like that but I just was like I want to know what's going on down there and I can't right now I can't see it so I was like let's let's learn and uh, you know take a dive and see and it's really fascinating so um more travel Seeing things that I don't see often. I would love to go to Africa. Ghana is really on my list. So I'm down for any kind of trip. Okay. Oh, and you know what? Northern Lights. Ooh, that yeah. would be nice. I really want to go see the Northern Lights. Like okay. In one of those like glass igloos that you can stay in. And, you know, you <laughs> see the whole sky. And it's really warm and toasty. But, you know, it feels like you're out in the middle of nowhere. I'm going to have to look that up. I didn't know that was available. Yes. <laughs> a glass ceiling igloo. Yeah, yeah. Um, you rent them, like you book them for whatever, yeah. and you people can stay in them. They'll have like, I don't know, maybe four or five at a location. And then they have people do excursions with you during the day, and then they'll come wake you up at night. Oh. Like knock on your igloo. That's nice. So okay. you can get up and see, so you're see, not that's, like staying up. Because it happens at like night. a one, that's what I one or two a.m. Exactly. <laughs> like I don't want to go to some remote location by myself. <laughs> Like, I want the posh experience. I agree. I know people who like, I want to go to Burning Man. I'm like, the only way I'm going to Burning Man if I have my own RV, and my own like tour guide to like show me around and yeah, like, keep things kinda, under control. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. And I've seen even packages where they have all of the winter clothing for you. Oh, wow. For your okay. excursion. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you're not dealing with like what you think it's cold. Right. And the gear that they you get you would need. The like, appropriate gear. Yeah. And you, sure don't you don't have to like haul it somewhere. there and back and all Exactly. Like could you imagine the baggage fees for all the stuff that we <laughs> that would be a lot. I yeah. agree. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> what does success mean to you? That's a good question. The only answer that I could come up for that was achieving what you want. So for me it's, you know, having the time to do the things that interest me and um, living up to the promises I have for my clients. But I don't have like a, a grand plan or any sort of roadmap for myself. And I think that's because I grew up as a very sick child. I had some autoimmune conditions. And I didn't have like a timeline or an expiration date or anything like that. It, it wasn't so dramatic as that. But you couldn't make plans because anybody with a chronic illness will know this. You don't know what things are going to look like. So you get very used to kind of living in the moment and coming up with like, well, I think this thing is something I'd like to get into next. Instead of like, oh, I'm going to be, you know, married by 25 and I'm going to own a house and I'm going to do this and that. It's like, eh, life's a little different for us. So it's really kind of have you achieved what you wanted to on whatever timeline you've got. And um, for me with the work component too, it's like, okay, am I satisfying my customers too? Good answer. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> And now it's time for the lightning round. Quick questions and quick answers. Number one question, what's your favorite band or artist? 
I don't have one. What? I know. I know. I listen to a lot of classical music, and I prefer things in a minor key, like the dark and moody stuff. Okay. Because somehow that gets me invigorated and helps me work better. Excellent. I like the minor dark and moody stuff, Yeah, like spooky sound. Yeah, that's that's my vibe. Cool. Are you an early bird or a night owl? Afternoon pigeon. Okay. Yeah, that's... That's like my peak time. You're a little similar, aren't you? I am. Yes. <laughs> I get my best work done between like three and five. Mm-hmm. Like that's, yeah, Matt that's what I'm like, it. you are insane. <laughs> Why do you do that to yourself? Yeah. I'm like, shall I work, man? Mm-hmm. I'm good before noon. Afternoon, not too bad. But four o'clock, I'm done. I'm yeah. out. Yeah. No, and that's where I'm hitting my stride. <laughs> yeah. What's your favorite book? Shoot, and I had something come to mind, but now I can't remember what it was. <laughs> oh, oh um, Gone with the Wind. Oh, Okay. Yeah. The book, not the, book. the movie. The movie's the book. good, but yeah, oh, I love the great. book. <laughs> I think I read it first when I was like 11 or something, and it's I like something that can keep you occupied for a long time, and the number of years that it spans, and just the constant tragedy, as well as the decadence of the era. Just, I love it. Okay. Have you ever met anyone famous? I have. Billy Zane from... No. Yeah. Billy from Zane. Titanic? From Titanic, yeah. <laughs> I did. Yeah, um, I was in... New York City, doing like a Broadway tour, seeing shows. Actually, the first time I saw Phantom, and we ran into him. And um, he wasn't like very nice. Or... He doesn't look nice. No. Well, and he always plays bad guys. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, but then again, he was a celebrity who gets recognized a lot, and we were like Broadway tourists. Yeah. So we probably didn't catch him at a good moment, even if he is nice, but I can't confirm. <laughs> Either way. Okay. Still, very cool. That is yeah. cool. What's your guilty pleasure? I love to sit and think for long periods of time. So, um, like, my husband will be like, are you ready to go? And I'm just sitting on the bed wrapped in my towel, just kind of zoned out. So just, like, time to sit and chill is the thing that I crave the most of all. Okay. I feel like when those poor kids come, you might <laughs> that might change. It's going to be a struggle. That's why I went with older kids because yeah. at least they can do things for yeah. themselves. That's true. They can pour their own juice. Exactly. Like that. Now, is there a lock to that downstairs uh, basement? There is. Okay. There, is. there you go. <laughs> Who needs go, a man cave? Go down to we the winery. The, there. The, <laughs> the wine cellar. Yeah. Exactly. What's your favorite movie? That is an excellent question, um, and I'm probably going to turn a bunch of people off, but I love National Treasure. <laughs> <laughs> that's such a, a great movie, movie. Come on. Movie. I'm not saying it's like amazing or an interesting piece of art but it's something that like never gets old for me I can watch it again and again I could put it on in the background or I could actually sit down and focus on it it's almost like campy and I love it so good I think it's great <laughs> no apologies here maybe that's my guilty pleasure <laughs> national treasure it fits both huh? yeah what's your hidden talent what can you do that not a lot of other people know about. I don't know if I have a hidden talent. It's just maybe people don't expect it. But I always kind of shock my husband when I can go into a, a professional situation and like get up and talk to people and kind of like talk with the, and it's mostly men, talk with the men and kind of stay, I don't know, an equal with them. Like I think somebody, and I'm not going to out anybody here, but was talking to my husband when I first started my company. And he's like, yeah, she works with like, CEOs and other executive level people and the person said and they listen to her and I kind of want to say the smart ones do (laughs) (laughs) so yeah I guess it's standing my ground and maintaining that level and like not backing down and just talking to them the way they expect to be talked to and not coming at them like I'm 
subservient or anything like that. So I guess that's it. And I'm only like five one, so people don't see it coming. Yeah, you know. Oh, I think we should do a whole podcast on uh, being a chameleon because that's why I think business is all about. Yes. It's like you've got your home personality. You've got your business personality. You've got mm-hmm. to turn it on for an event. Exactly. Like that's true. So it's okay. all. And I've, it, it adapts. So I guess chameleon is yeah. really, yeah. really good because I've got my clients where I have to talk to them about their children and their life and what's going on. And I have others that are rough and rugged and I have to meet that <laughs> energy and others that are somewhere in between and they want to be talked to in a certain way or I figured out that that gets the most um, positive energy out of them. Mm-hmm. So you kind of do have to adapt all the time. So yeah, let's put down chameleon. Absolutely. Oh, I love yeah. that. That's great. Do you sing in the shower? I do not. Okay. How about the car? Yes. Okay. Oh, yeah. I get my Broadway playlist out. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Star Wars or Star Trek? Neither. Uh, Good answer. I know. So the only Star Wars that I have really enjoyed was Phantom Menace. And people, like, hate me for that. Oh, yeah. Because that's, that's the worst one, right? Is yeah, that what people that, say? That mm-hmm. is what the fans say. Okay. I don't know. That, so we've got the... Liam Neeson looking fine. And we've got, like, the comedic characters. We've got Jar Jar Binks, who I think is hysterical. Everybody hates Jar Jar Binks. Exactly. Exactly. So it's a very controversial opinion. But, you know, if we're talking, like, spacey things, I do love the Orville. I don't know what that is. It's a Seth MacFarlane project. Yeah. And it's it's not really drama. It's not really comedy. It's just sort of them exploring space. And it's a little dorky and a little goofy. But he kind of made it based off of, like, the Star Trek sort of theme. Okay. And it's good, so I'm going to say Orville. Okay, that's all right. <laughs> What's your most used emoji on your phone? The laughing, crying one. Okay, it's yeah. a classic. Yeah, so I think my friends and I think we're hilarious, so I think we're all <laughs> guilty of that one. Perfect, I love it. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being our guest today. Thank you. No problem. This is so much fun. Excellent. I love that you're doing this. Oh, well, we're happy we're happy to do it. We love talking to interesting people around the community, and you're one of them. So thanks for stopping by the farmhouse. No, thank you. You're welcome. Bye. Shrouded out. Shroud. Shroud. Shrouded all out. out. <laughs> I'm sure she's never heard that before, right? <laughs> <laughs>So we just talked to Jessica Shrout about this concept mm-hmm. of being a chameleon. We're talking about being a comma, 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 chameleon. Yes. And also, what, what is it? The imposter syndrome. Yes. I sometimes have imposter Sometimes. <laughs> sometimes have imposter syndrome. <laughs> I think now, why we, is that? I think we all do. I don't know. Because sometimes I feel like a poser. <laughs> I, I don't know if everybody feels this way. Sometimes I'm like, hmm, I'm walking into this meeting with very important people who expect me to know what I'm talking about. And I do know what I'm talking about. Don't get me wrong. Like, right. I am a business you, professional. You've got the confidence. I've but got every it. now and then you're like, hmm. Do I, I feel like I don't belong here or whatever. But I do belong there. And I have to remind myself that, hello, I do know what I'm doing. And I am a, like, I got it. But sometimes you have to, like fake it till you make it or at least put on a persona that maybe you're not feeling that day or whatever i don't know do you ever feel like that oh yeah probably not because you're a man you're like yes i i belong i tell you what it's those late afternoon meetings and things like that that you know i'm just drained by that point i'm a morning person so morning i can go in there and do whatever but in the afternoon, I'm just like, I don't even want to be here. Come on, let's well, get out of here. I like the afternoon meetings. In the morning, I have to pretend <laughs> like I'm alive and I want to be there. But yeah, but I feel like we all have like 
personas or voices we put on or yeah. whatever, depending on where we're going to be. Because I tend to be, I know you know this husband, I am more of an ambivert. So I'm not really an introvert. I mean, I'm a little more introverted, but I can also be an extrovert when I need to be. Like I can get up and talk in front of people mm-hmm. and lead meetings and do all this stuff. But if I do that like all day, then I'm like, oh, I just, I got to go somewhere by myself and be quiet. Drains so your battery. It drains my battery and I don't like it. But so I can put on that persona when I need to, or I can put on the, or just take it off when I need to, too. Now, recently, uh, you had a client meeting that I set up. I set it up with this person. And, uh, but I couldn't go to it. So I, so I handed it to you. Now this yes. was a, uh, a community leader, a big wig and all that kind of stuff. And you had some issues. With I it. was like, wait, what? You're making me go to this meeting. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't belong there. Oh my gosh. Blah. Why does this person want to talk to me? They're going to be so disappointed when I walk in the door and it's not Matt Howell. Now this person <laughs> wanted to talk about branding. I'm like, I'm the website guy. Like it makes sense for you to it go talk to him. It made sense. And we, I did it. I also took Amy with me and we did it. And But it was fine. As a chameleon, you had to put on that collar to walk into that office. Yes. And be the confident woman that you are. I know. And sometimes you just have to put it on. Like when I first started Farmhouse, like the thing that scared me the most was doing sales because I hate being called out, basically. Yeah. Well, and I just. You know, even when I was a kid and you sell like candy bars and garbage, yeah. like I would always make my sister do it. Like I would like, <laughs> I would like, Lisa, if you sell my candy bars, I'll clean your, yeah, I'll do lot, your chores this week. A lot of people out there have issue with selling. Right. So that's why I always try to think like, I'm not really a salesman, but I have to put on that salesman hat sometimes when I yes. have to. So, and I can do it, but it was hard when I first started Farmhouse because I was like, this makes me want to throw up. I do not like it. Um, I also put on, I feel like we have like different hats or voices like i definitely have a voice like on the phone like when i answer the phone it's like yeah farmhouse creative this is angie and people are like (laughs) that's your customer service that's my customer service voice or is like when i'm yelling at somebody on the phone it's like this is unacceptable like i i don't know how this happened but what is the solution to make this happen so like i don't know we just have different ways of hats we wear and personas we put on or whatever and i think it changes depends on where you're at and it depends on like what kind of client are you talking to am i talking to a c-level ceo who just wants to get to the facts like don't i don't want to know about your family i don't want to know about your kids or your hobbies or whatever or are you going into a mom and pop where they want to talk about your family and their kids and their stuff and their whatever i tend to be more of the former Yes, and I'm definitely like the mom and pop. Hey, how's, how are things going? Exactly. I go into a meeting. How are the kids? My meetings last 20 minutes, maybe Mine 30. Or <laughs> an hour. And yeah, uh, and you, a good chunk of that is uh, getting to know them on a different level than just the business portion. Exactly. So I think it's a balance of knowing like where your clients are, where they're coming from, where you are, and how you can all work together, and what persona you need to put on for what situation. And that doesn't mean you're not true to yourself like because at the end of the day i'm still angie and i'm still who i am but it's what what hat do i need to wear during any given part of the day an old co-worker of mine had this uh answer to when you know employers ask you you know what kind of animal would you be and his answer was a flying fish hmm. because it can both fly and swim as a fish it can like do anything and everything you want and i was like i pick a lemur why why is it a lemur I know they're just sneaky as hell. <laughs> but you're not you're not that <laughs> way. I pick a spider monkey cuz they're cute and but and you can carry them around in your pocket, but then they can fling poop at you too. You had to bring in the poop. Of course I did. 
what, what would be an episode without poop talk? So for all of you out there that may not feel confident, just know that you are a chameleon. You can change your skin. You can change your colors. We're all chameleons. We just do what we got to do. Do it today. Get out there. Seize the day. Car- How's that? Carpe, Carpe diem. Carpe. Carpe diem. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Gone Boss. Be sure to check us out at goneboss.com or hashtag goneboss. We're on Instagram at goneboss2k or find us on Facebook just by searching Gone Boss. If you have a comment about the show or something you want to share with us, call or text 765-233-2640. That's 765-233-2640. We might just use it on the show. If you like what you heard today, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you find your podcast. Today's episode was brought to you by our premier sponsor, Schaefer Leadership Academy. Check them out at SchaeferLeadership.com. Have a great rest of your day, and don't forget to tune in next week and find out who has gone, gone boss. boss.